with Greg and Susan Finke about their newest book, Joining Jesus as a Family, How to Raise Your Children to be Followers of Jesus. We'll continue our discussion this week. As we talk about where you want your child to end up, we find many parents concerned that their children, youth, or young adults will stray away from the Christian faith. It happens a lot. In their book, they state, I can hear the hope but I can also hear the fear. To be honest, the fear comes from a growing realization that what we are currently doing in our attempt to raise lifelong followers of Jesus isn't working. And here's the thing, it isn't. For quite some time, the way U.S. children and U.S. congregations have been raising our children has not consistently resulted in them becoming lifelong followers of Jesus. The statistics are stunning. The number of teens and young adults who walk away from the church and even their faith have been on the rise for decades. Both LifeWay and Barna Research estimate that between 65 and 70 percent of teens leave the church and abandon their faith by their freshman year of college. Every parent thinks their child is among the 30 percent that will never do that. But in congregations Susan and Greg have worked with, they hear heartbreaking stories from parents and grandparents who have children and grandchildren who are no longer part of the church. So does Family Shield Ministries. What we are currently doing is not working well enough. Here's why. For generations, parents have assumed they are fulfilling their responsibility to raise Christian children if they have been baptized take them to worship, and make sure they are participating in Christian education programming the congregation provides. If the child complacently participated, parents consider it a win. We'll discuss this further today and continue our discussion about their new book. Again, my guests are Greg and Susan Finke, authors of Joining Jesus as a Family and the founders of Dwelling 114. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. And this is part two of a two-part series. So thank you again for being my guest, Greg and Susan. Uh, let's talk briefly about the, uh, the statistics that I mentioned and why this is so difficult for today's families. Greg, can you uh, just flush that out a little bit more? I read it, but you live it, so. Yeah, well, you know, it, it first of all, it, it's heartbreaking, right? You, it is. Uh, parents think they're doing what they're supposed to do, right? They they take the responsibility yep. of raising their children seriously, but unfortunately, they they have been given a strategy that doesn't lead to the outcomes they are hoping for. Um, you know, it, it it seems like it is time and memoriam that for generations after generation, all you had to do was get them baptized, bring them to church. Make sure they got the proper Christian education that you know was required, and then they'd be off and running. Uh, but what's changed over the over the decades is that we are sending our kids off not into a culture that reinforces that, but rather um, uh, questions it, challenges it, 
And here's the thing. Um, our, our kids are going out, uh, like we said uh, in our last episode, they're, they're bored uh, because they have uh, been told to memorize and discuss and study and, uh, and recite, um, but, but they haven't really experienced the, the joy and fulfillment and fun of living a life of, of, of joining Jesus on his mission, and, and, uh, and therefore, uh, they are also leave the home unconvinced. They're, they're not sure that it has that much power. They've not really seen it transform anybody's life. They really haven't experienced, um, you know, some of the um, cool things that, that God does when we step out in faith in, uh, in daily life. And, and therefore, um, you know, when they go off and now they're, they're, they're other people are questioning that or challenging them or they're just seeing other people that seem to be great folks that are not following uh, Jesus at all. And, and all of a sudden, it thing, you know, things unravel. And I think, you know, it always has been uh, a suspect uh, strategy. Um, you know, in the Gospels, we see that, that Jesus has quite a few other things going on to uh, disciple, to train his followers. Uh, but we've kind of settled for going to church mm-hmm. rather than uh, following Jesus and being church. And therefore, you know, uh, the culture no longer uh, is one that reinforces a kind of a religious lifestyle. And we are simply raising our kids to be religious rather than to be, uh, you know, uh, more of an intentional, you know, an intentional, deep, loving relationship with Jesus and following him as one that is our guide and leader, trusted and faithful. And uh, I know that maybe sounds like uh, something that is uh, fairly easy to 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 switch, but it does it, it's the biggest difference between knowing about the faith and having experiences that verify and show the power of not only our faith but the one in whom we put our faith. Um, and like we like to jokingly say, it turns out Jesus does more than go to church on Sunday. <laughs> and once our kids find that out and start to participate with him. Uh, that's when they become self-motivated and convinced, and they they now know how to be followers of Jesus, even as they lead for college or for their career. And that's that's what we're going for now, um, and probably should have been going for uh, all along. You know, I often hear uh, young adults say when they've gone on a mission trip or even to a camp. Uh, how it transformed their lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we need to be thinking more of doing those kind of things with our youth and young adults. But let's talk a little bit about why love is so important. Susan, you talk a lot about love. Um, just uh, kind of introduce that topic. Mm-hmm. Well, and and just um, as a little tangent to what you just said, um, we also um, have done a lot of mission trips and and had heard those same things. Mm-hmm. Um, what we need to realize is that every day we walk out our door, we're walking. Well, that's very true. Yes. On the mission Absolutely. field, yes. and so if we um, teach that to our kids, that every day, um, it our 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 life our lifestyle of love mm-hmm. um, is what makes a difference. Um, you say love is our superpower. Mm-hmm. Uh, love I love comes that from God. Mm-hmm. You know, God is love, 
And we all have that superpower because he loves us so much. But just like, uh, just like a superhero, like uh, you know any of our superheroes, it only works if you use it. Mm-hmm. So if we take, we can hear the about the love of God every Sunday that we're in church or Sunday school or whatever. But if we don't use that love that we receive, that we hear about, if we just put it in our pocket, um, you know, then we haven't fully, um, <laughs> we haven't been able to um, to take advantage of the of the full power of God that He gives us. And our kids, even as little kids, can really understand that superpower. They're going out every day filled with the power that God gives them and can give it freely out. And even the littlest thing, um, sharing, sharing and, um, and having empathy and listening and, you know, whatever they are doing with their friends and playmates and, um, how that is them using their superpower of love. And that is God working through them. Yes. So that their friends can experience God's love, too. Right. I had uh, my grandson, uh, something he did, as I read this about superpower and love, I've got to tell him about the superpower, but um, he was confirmed, he's 14, uh, recently uh, in Minnesota, and we went up for his confirmation. But just prior to that, he was writing his testimony, and he um, had some bullies at school bullying him. Mm-hmm. And uh, that really upset him. But he said when he did his testimony that he chose to forgive them. And uh, then they were nice to him afterwards. And he, and he said, uh, that's God's work. <laughs> and he just yeah. like, preached. <laughs> it was like, whoa, that's great. But, um, but that's because yeah. he's been taught love and that forgiveness is important and and so he chose to forgive them i don't know if he told them that or not but but he he told us in his little testimony that he gave and uh, and when i when i was reading your book i was thinking oh i got to tell luke that he's got superpowers yeah <laughs> because that well, was and that superpower of god's love is what allowed him to be able to forgive oh absolutely and yes and it's god's love that changed that changed the people. It's God's love yeah. that changes people. We Absolutely. can't. No, we but can't. when we're sharing and um, God's love, then we, in, in tangible ways, then God works to change people. You bet. Yeah, Greg, uh, just a comment about uh, why are things like love, joy, and kindness superpowers? I just love that little uh, part of your, your book. Yeah, well, uh, and it's, it's, Right there in the Bible, right? But we tend to just talk about it, memorize it, discuss it, rather than um, really go, wow, let me go find people that don't have love or who are, you know, worse, unlovable. That's when you really start to see the power of love. Um, You know, we say it's a superpower because, you know, number one, it comes from God. And in fact, the Bible says that, you know, God is love. And so we, we, and, you know, our experience, uh, it's not just a, a scriptural truth, but the experience is that um, that God's love is the only power in the universe that can actually change a person from the inside out. 
our disapproval, our anger, our, our, uh, our, our shaming, none of that changes anybody. But God's love does. And, you know, again, it, it, it's easy to love our, our family. It's easy to love our church family. And frankly, that's where uh, the line kind of stops. And therefore, that's why the love doesn't seem like that big of a deal, because we're sharing it primarily with people who already have it. Mm-hmm. Now, we're certainly not saying stop sharing it with no, people no. that already have it. Mm-hmm. But if you want to see the superpower at work, then take that next step. You know, share that love with a bully. Mm-hmm. Share that love with someone that is unloved. Maybe the kid that's sitting by themselves at the lunch table. Go share that love with the unloved one, and you will see a powerful uh, effect in and and the child then that you know our child that has shared that love that becomes something that we can help them become more intentional and consistent at. Now they really are going to have lots and lots of stories, lots and lots of experiences. It's not just a, a lesson that they learned, you know, at midweek uh, uh, one time, but they will have stories. They will be convinced. They will be able to advocate others doing it too, because they've taken the ride. They've they've been in the boat with Jesus, and they know what it's like. Yes, yes. I want to make some announcements, and then we'll come back and continue talking about um, the. Um the five mission practices. Uh, I'll, I'll share a little bit more about that and ask their, their input. A Family Shield Ministries is, is composed of Christians who care about families and the gospel, transforming lives now and for eternity. The Family Shield radio program is aired on more than 50 stations throughout the United States and on many podcast platforms. We also coordinate other educational and outreach services that serve individuals and their families. Thanks for listening. This week we're giving away the booklet, Helping Your Child Grow Through Faith Conversations. To receive a copy, call the Response Center, 1-877-250-8416, or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. Your prayers and support allow Family Shield to continue to reach and equip individuals and their families for Christ. Your support makes our work in the ripe and plentiful harvest possible. Thank you. Um, if you're a Thrivent member, you can designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield. Go to www.thrivent.com slash Thrivent Choice or call them at 1-800-847-4836 and they'll help you. All Thrivent gifts, support our outreach services and ministries. Um, Greg and Susan, would you share a little bit about how our listeners can obtain your book? Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Um, They can either go uh, immediately to Amazon.com, because the book literally just came out uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, But later in August, if they want uh, to order, uh, they can order from us. Uh, personally, just go to our website, dwelling114.org, and then we begin to offer discounts for the book, uh, beginning with just four. If you just buy four books, you get 10% off, and uh, the more books you buy, the more of a discount you get. So Amazon.com immediately, or in August, they can go to our website. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, growing ability to use your superpower on others by helping them practice the following skills. You had several skills here. Seek the kingdom, 
hear from Jesus in the Gospels, talking with people, doing good, and ministering through prayer. Share a little bit about how you do that. You bet. So, you know, if if we are saying that we want to be able to help our children live a life of love and as they join Jesus on his mission. So we're going with Jesus, we're followers of Jesus, and we want to live a life of love for the good of others. Then there are just some real simple skills that we see right out of the Gospels that put us in position, because we're not manufacturing things. Our, our kids aren't making things happen. They're looking for what God's already up to. They're looking for people that are ready. They're looking for the good God's prepared in advance for them to do, Ephesians 2.10. And so uh, keep seeking the kingdom is all about watching, being live, living with awareness, anticipate that God, in fact, is doing uh, things in other people's lives and, and setting them up so that we can uh, seek and recognize and, and respond. Um, and then uh, hearing from Jesus and his word is about you know, when they're little, we read them Bible stories so they get to know Jesus. And as they get older, we encourage them to, you know, read the Bible themselves. So again, they're getting to know Jesus and can uh, understand what they can be watching for and what he gives them to believe and do. Um, uh, talking with people uh, and doing good are both ways that we can respond. Uh, we talk with people, we find out what they're thinking, what they're uh, excited about, or what they're afraid of, what they're dealing with, what they're burdened with. Doing good is just an action of service or of, of laughter or, you know, in some way putting our love into action. And um, and then ministering through prayer is all about, um, you know, praying for people, obviously, and especially our friends that don't know Jesus. But also when we have opportunity, when we have been doing those other practices, we'll often be in position to you know, when, a, when our friend is hurting for some reason, uh, that we can say, you know what, I, I pray for you a lot anyway. Uh, do you want me to pray with you right now? Mm -hmm. And that can be a, 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 a very simple but powerful way to help them experience the good news of God right there as uh, our child would, would pray uh, for their buddy uh, who, you know, maybe got a bad grade or maybe they got pushed around or maybe their parents are going through something hard. Um, can be very powerful. So those are those skills or abilities that, like with anything else, whether I'm playing the piano or learning how to play basketball or doing my math equations, I got to practice. And the more I practice, the better I get. And the same is true in, in following Jesus. We practice these things and we actually get better, more skillful mm -hmm. at um, joining Jesus and living a life of love. That's great. And I love, they're simple. There's things that we do every day with our with our children. But as you look at Jesus in the Gospels, you see he's doing this with, with his disciples. And, and it's like, oh, storytelling. You know, Jesus was such a master storyteller to, to share the stories and how effective those stories can be uh, in, in sharing Christ as well. Uh, so thank yeah, you so Kay, much. I, I can only just put a big red circle around what you just said. If we value the experiences our kids have had during the day, then why wouldn't we eagerly invite the stories and to share our own as well? Mm -hmm. And that will, more than any other uh, kind of, uh, if you will, strategy, to use a word, uh, that will help them realize the value that, they, uh, that, that living this life really has 
and to learn from their mistakes and to and but and, and yeah, if we if we sin, we want to we want to confess it, but learn from our mistakes. That's something I think we too often mm. uh, forget is yes. that Jesus didn't condemn and dismiss disciples when they made mistakes or outright sinned. He called them on it, but then he coached them through it, right? Mm-hmm. So they learned and became more, you know, wise and more, uh, um, and their skill level went up, being able to humble themselves, for instance, or putting their trust in the Father more, rather than being afraid or rather than being, you know, full of themselves and, mm-hmm. you know, who's first and who's best and who's greatest. And Jesus kept working with them, but they learned from their mistakes. Yes. Failure, when you're a follower of Jesus, isn't really failure, it's training. Yes. And and we can remember that as parents as well. Absolutely. And that's why those five practices are so important that we teach our kids those practices so that every day they are looking for opportunities. Right. And when they get home, we all share the stories of our day Good. and how we saw God working. Absolutely. And how did we, how you know, what did God do or ooh, what did we miss? Mm-hmm. And um, and then pray about it together, and we pray in the morning with our kids before they go out, so that all day long that becomes that rhythm. And we know with our our youngest daughter, um, she that she was in college already, and we we heard her speaking to others, and she said, "You know, I knew my parents were going to ask me every day about how I saw God." So I made sure I looked. <laughs> <laughs> good. That's good. That's great. Well, yeah, prayer is such a great opportunity to 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 share Christ with people in so many ways. Um, family Shield is promoting right now, again, uh, we do it every year, our family prayer walk. This year, because we started it during the pandemic, we're including friends now. But when we started it, it was really families can walk and pray together and we can help our children learn how to pray and and then ask a neighbor is there something you can we can pray for for you so it's an opportunity to both teach them and also to reach out to those in their neighborhood and and i just want to throw that in we're, we're working on producing a new booklet that'll be out soon why is it so important to help our children be humble you talk a lot about teaching uh, the children, how to be humble. And, and boy, I, I'm, I'm remembering Jesus and the disciples who wanted to be first. And I'm thinking, boy, he was teaching them then too, wasn't he? Um, he was. It, it, and it just, you know, uh, all of the stories and all of the things he was doing when they were fighting to sit next to him. Um, and, and so why is it important that we teach our children to be humble and how do we do that? Well, if you look at the Gospels again, and again, we don't have to make up a discipling process because Jesus is already showing us in the Gospels. And what are the two things that, that he really works on the disciples a lot? One is that, you know, their fear and doubt, right? So he's discipling them, training them to trust the Father more and more, uh, just like Jesus trusts the Father more. Uh, but the other thing that is in the way, besides fear and doubt, is like you just said is just that 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 being full of ourselves that me first I'm the smartest I'm the best that keeps us then the fear and the doubt or the lack of humility the arrogance the the pride or even a sense of unworthiness which is also its own 
something we have to set aside. We have to set aside ourselves for that love to flow through. So we have God's love in abundance. And then as I uh, am training my child to trust and the Father more, to have that courage that comes from trusting God, um, that that releases uh, some more love. And then the final thing is is humbling myself. It's kind of like it says in First Peter 5, you know, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he might lift you up. And that's Peter writing that. So Peter knew from his experience with Jesus that once he learned to humble himself, God would be able to flow through with his love and uh, even more powerfully and generously. And that's why humility is so important. It's not just so that we remember our place or go around with our tail between our legs. It's something much more powerful and, and helpful than that. It's, it's living with a sense of, hey, God's smarter than me. He's more capable than me. So I want to live under his mighty hand and respond to him. Um, there are other people around me that have something to contribute, to collaborate with, mm-hmm. and that we're better off when we are um, you know, humbling ourselves uh, before God and humbling ourselves in the midst of the other people with me. Uh, we end up being much better, much stronger, much more generous with God's love because of that. Mm-hmm. Good. And our, parent, our, our kids need to see us as parents um, practicing that as well. And um, so as we show that we can learn from others that we sometimes do things wrong, we go to God, we go to others, we say, I'm sorry, we say, I forgive you, we... Um, they have to. They have to see us doing that mm-hmm. um, as well, and that's where there's a difference from helping your children be humble. We don't want to humiliate our kids. We want to teach them to trust God more. Well, I think a, a, a big thing, Kate, and we we do uh, uh, kind of conclude the book with this is just to remember to be intentional about helping our our kids live in a village of folks that can reinforce the lifestyle and the beliefs that our family has. We, we want them to be able to have friends that don't know Jesus. We want them to be able to be on mission with Jesus, looking for the one lost sheep that God has around them. But we also, on the other hand, want to be able to say, hey, we need some other uh, adult, non-parent adult mentors involved with our kids' life. We want them to have peers that don't know Jesus, but we also want them to be interacting with peers who do know Jesus. And uh, so that they have that kind of reinforcement. We talk about that as, you know, kind of building a village, because uh, like the African proverb says, you know, it takes a, a village to raise a child. Uh, we, we are wise to, to build uh, networks of relationships with others, both peers as well as adults that can reinforce and, and give example um, uh, so that kids have that kind of confirmation and, um, and, and, and verification. Time is uh, just for about up. this life that we're li- living. Again, my guests have been Susan and Greg Finke. Their new book, Joining Jesus as a Family, How to Raise Your Children to Be Followers of Jesus. Blessings on your day. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, 7045 Parkwood Street, St. Louis, Missouri, 63116. 
and tune in again next week for Family Shield.